Good afternoon, everybody out there in Internet Radio Land. This is Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. Wherever you are around the world, whatever country, maybe out in space, on a spaceship, or maybe God is herself is listening to me, the creator of the universe. I've got to tell you about this one near-death experience that I listened to just before I took a nap a little while ago. I went out today, went to the Toastmasters Club. We had a good time. There's about 10 of us there, and we got our public speaking groove on, and it was all right. But anyway, I came home, and I was kind of surfing around the television, went to YouTube, and I've been studying near-death experiences for a long time, dating back to about 1992, so for over 20 years. And I found this one that I haven't seen before. It was really interesting. It was about this woman, and it was a very well-done video. And she was a very matter-of-fact kind of reasonable person who had a kind of neat way of communicating. I liked what I saw and heard. And she related this experience she had. I think they live in Canada, her and her family. And so I guess she'd been a teacher for most of her life. And in the summertime, they go to this lake somewhere in Ontario, I believe, and enjoy the time there. There is a timeshare that they have a cabin. They take turns spending a week all the people who are involved with that. And so she got her turn with her family to spend a week in this cabin and use the lake. And they had a boat and they had water skiing. They also had this thing, kind of like a lake toy that she called it, a lake toy, which is all behind the, the boat, the speedboat. And it's like a rubber kind of raft, you know, that you can cling on to. There's seats there. It's a lot of fun. And they've been doing it for several years. And so they were falling off the boat and getting back on, and nothing ever bad had happened before in the past. But apparently the speedboat started to take in water and was slowly sinking. So they decided they had to go back to the shore right away. And as a result, they were told to... I'm not sure quite how it happened, but they undid the ropes that were attached to the lake toy and were going to, um, I don't know why they did that. But anyway, maybe uh, it was still attached to it. I didn't quite understand, but the rope got tangled around this lady's leg. And so with the driver of the boat intent on getting back to the shore, when he applied full throttle, the rope tightened around her leg and almost severed it, apparently. And she was dragged by the boat. And her sister, she was with her sister, was yelling and screaming, but they couldn't hear her because they were just intent on getting to the shore and were looking straight forward. And so the lady who had this near-death experience was hauled by the boat and was pulled under the water and 
so she was not able to breathe, and water was getting into her lungs, and this rope was on her leg, and she knew she was going to die, she said. And a very cool thing happened. She separated from her body and kind of went through this veil. She called it like a saran wrap veil, and she found herself in outer space, kind of like the universe. And she said she was approached by a presence that she immediately recognized as the creator of the universe. Not a male, not a female, not an it, just the creator of the universe. She said it looked like the Aurora Borealis. And she had a very pleasant, matter-of-fact, kind of neat conversation with the creator. And... It talked about, the creator talked about her situation and gave her a choice of what she would like to do. Would she like to go back to her body or go to the spirit lands? And the creator was actually humorous in many ways. You got to check that video out. He said um, something I thought was really strange and you might too, he said, I say, when I say he, I'm just using that pronoun, because the creator doesn't have a face, apparently. It's not a male or female. It's the creator of the universe. And so the creator said, I know how many grains of sand are on a beach in New Zealand. And she thought, wow, that's kind of unusual to say something like that. And all of a sudden, she was transported to this beach. And in the video, you saw all these grains of sand on the beach, you know, being scooped up. Imagine that, knowing how many grains of sand are on a particular beach in New Zealand. And then the creator said to her, I know how many hairs you have on your head. And she said, wow, yeah, that's pretty cool also. So she was given the choice to come back or to continue on to the spirit land, you know, because she knew that she was dead. And so she surprisingly said, well, I'll leave that choice up to you. And all of a sudden, and she knew that she wanted to get back to her family. She didn't want to leave her family, actually, um, maybe in the back of her mind. But all of a sudden, she was catapulted back from where she came, found herself in her body. And as that process was happening, she heard this voice as she was disappearing or descending into her body saying, good answer, kind of like humorously, you know. And then she found herself in her body, and kind of like miraculously, the rope undid about her leg. And then she said she doesn't know who, but somebody or something picked her up from below the surface of the water and 
pulled her up to the surface of the water. She looked around. She thought it was her sister, but it wasn't. And and when she broke the surface, all the water came out of her lungs, and she coughed and spluttered. And then her sister apparently had caught up to her. It must, must not have been that far from the shore. And in swimming over to her and... She said a strange thing to her sister. She said, please don't look at my leg because it was pretty messed up. I don't think it was cut off, but it was obviously very bloody and and didn't look good. And, of course, the sister, by the way, looked at it. And then, and then the fellow who was driving the boat, they realized, um, you know, what had happened. And they came over. Might have been a brother. I don't know. I can't remember. And she said, don't look at my leg. And he looked at it. And so they were kind of freaked out. But they took her, and she got care at a hospital, and she survived. And I hadn't heard of a near-death experience like that before. So the creator of the universe, my friends, is out there. And it is a force. So powerful. Just think. Everything that exists today is the courtesy of a creator, planet Earth, with everything within it, all the life, animal and plant life, all the human beings, seven billion of them, all the other planets of our solar system, the sun, other solar systems, other galaxies, throughout the universe, over the billions of years, going back to the Big Bang, the center of the universe, we're dealing with a creator out there that is omnipotent. When I say dealing, we're we're aware of we're we know that there is a creator who's omnipotent, omniscient, knowing, very I mean completely one hundred percent knowledgeable of everything in the past, present and future. An intelligence that's just hard to comprehend, really. And as far as omnipotent goes, I mean, it's like a magical kind of power. I mean, the word magic kind of explains the creator in and of itself. That word magical belongs to, came from, maybe originated from, for lack of a better way of putting it, the creator of the universe is herself. And... It is so amazing, really. And all ascension life that's out there in the universe, whether extraterrestrials who have been interacting with planet Earth now for many years, they're so intelligent, too. There's been many species that have been visiting Earth over the years, all the way back in our history, you know, in Egypt. Atlantis, Lemuria in the Pacific Ocean, Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean, the Mayas, the Incas, you know, back then they were visited by extraterrestrials because they posed no threat to them. You know, what did they have? What kind of weapons? Spears, bows and arrows. So even though, even if they had sophisticated weaponry and they could have stopped them, you know, and it probably had defensive weapons that were no match for them if they had more advanced weaponry back then, which I don't know about. You know what I mean. 
But nowadays, if they try to make contact with human beings here on Earth, you know right away they'd be surrounded by tanks and artillery and all kinds of guns, you know. Anyway, changing the subject, I went to a Toastmasters conference last week. Last Saturday, I didn't have my show. It was a rerun because I was at this Toastmasters conference. And there was a speech contest that they had for something known as table topics, where they ask you a question and you have one to two minutes to answer. And this question was, if you had the power and the authority, would you change the world? How would you change the world? make it a better place. And I mentioned that today at our Toastmasters Club meeting. And I had some good ideas myself. But basically, what I would do, if I had the power and authority to change the world to make it a better place, I would have more female leadership, for one thing. Because all the wars and the killing that we've had in the past have been because, in my opinion, we have lived in a paternal society where men have been in charge because they're physically stronger than women, but now women are getting more equality and they're recognized more for their intelligence rather than their physical prowess. And men are more how shall I put it, not so reluctant to send their children off to fight in a war and have them killed. The women, less reluctant or more reluctant, actually, more hesitating as to, or more, I think of a proper word, they wouldn't send their children off to fight in the war as quickly as the men would, in other words. And why is that? Because women love their children more. The women grow in their bodies from conception, in their wombs. We're in a womb, a woman's womb for nine months, my friends. Can you remember then? Can you remember when you were born? Probably not. I don't either. But suffice to say that women, because they have that connection with their children, grew in their wombs and could look out through their eyes, that basically they love us more than the men do. And so get these men in leadership positions throughout the world, and we've had wars in the past. If there was more female leadership, there would be less war, and peace would be a possibility for the future. And who wants peace? Anybody out there? Raise your hand if you want peace. Raise your hand if you want to stop the killing. Raise your hand if you want to stop the killing of children. Raise your hand if you want to ensure a peaceful world for our children's children in the future. And who am I to say this? You know, I'm just one voice out of many out there. But I'm a spiritual person, you know. I've always been. I use religion as a stepping stone to get where I'm going. You know, I go to church. Tomorrow I'll be in church. I sing with the choir. I love it. I love the words of the songs. They're very spiritual. 
you know. But I don't believe 100% of the Bible, and that's really a point of contention with a lot of people. But I can prove in certain areas of the Bible where there are discrepancies. But I don't want to go into that now. I've got other things I want to talk about. Another thing I mentioned at the meeting today, if you had the power and authority to stop all the active shootings in the United States, what would you do? And so one person, one person suggested legislation, you know, getting the legislation and getting some assault, those assault rifles off the street, you know, because they're the weapon of choice and they're automatic, you know, so they spew a lot of bullets out and are logically then going to kill more people compared to, say, a single-shot pistol or a shotgun or a rifle. And that would make a difference. I know it would. Other countries around the world have banned the AR-15, but the NRA, I think, is getting in the way of us banning the assault rifle. It's all got to do with money, you know. Money, unfortunately, is more important than life for some people. How about that? And wars, the wars we've had, you know, I guess you could say there have been politicians' wars who have started it. You know, like that war in Ukraine right now. Mr. Putin, well, he's got his reasons, and they might sound logical to him. And I can see, I can understand his method of thinking. But on the other hand, you've got all those people that are dead now. As a result of your decision, that choice that you made, that you're responsible for. And there's such a thing in, in this world as karma, which is a reality. You know, as we live our lives from one planet to another in the universe, going through that cycle of reincarnation, trying to improve ourselves, you know, and graduate to a planet of a superior existence, a superior level of evolution, then we find that karma plays a big part in being able to advance to a higher level planet of evolution. When we get to the spirit lands, or heaven if you will, and we mingle with all the spirits there from all cultures throughout the years here on earth, people who walked this earth at one time and no longer are here in physical body. And we're going to find that there is no religion in heaven because there's people from all cultures and who had a different religion here on earth than Christianity and also Christians there. And they're going to, they're going to realize when they get there, from what I understand, from what I've read, from people I've learned from who've had near-death experiences and have come back to talk about it and write books, and they were allowed to do that, you know, so they can spread that information and share it with people as to what is the truth in that regard. And they learn that, you know, we are all the Creator's children. Even Jesus said, Our Father, there are no single sons and daughters of God. You know, you have to embrace the words of Jesus, embrace what he said, embrace 
he said, our father, embraced the concept of our father, although it should be our father and mother, or our mother and father, God in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Because Father God wants a woman by his side, I can guarantee you. He's a man, he wants a woman by his side. Who can tell God that he can't have a woman by his side? Would you say that? When you come face to face on Judgment Day with Father God? Hey, Father God, what you doing with a woman by your side? I didn't authorize that. Or they said that you didn't have a, a mother God up here in heaven. I'm like, I should have known better. Why didn't I know that? Oh, I feel so bad now. I'm so regretful. So remorseful. Dang, I thought I was pretty smart. I guess I wasn't smart enough to realize that and understand the logical connection there that you really do want a woman by your side. And also, I didn't understand that since we're your children and when you made us in heaven, you made our souls and your and our spirits too, you made our souls and our spirits too, that you needed a, a mother God to do that, that a mother and a father make children. A father alone can't make children. So anyway, I'm going to read to you from this book called Fast Lane to Heaven. And I've read it before. It's been a while. And this man, he has a near-death experience. He's rich and wealthy, living in New Jersey in the Hamptons, and he owns this club, and he's got cars, he's got boats, he's got airplanes, he's a millionaire, and he's taking drugs and drinking alcohol and living in the fast lane, right? So he gets into a fight with somebody from his club one night in the alleyway, and he has a heart attack, and he leaves his body. Among other things, a really cool thing that happens is he, he goes down this tunnel. He meets this friend he knew who was killed in Vietnam. And it's like he's saying to him, hey, man, relax. Everything's okay. Just enjoy the experience. And he takes him up this kind of tunnel to outer space. And there's this crystal-like amphitheater with thousands of spirits in there. He has a life review in front of them, and he's like in a bubble, and God, the Creator, comes up and imbues some universal knowledge into him. And But he gets back down to Earth, and he has a hard time recovering because he, um, he did himself some damage, you know. So he gives up drinking alcohol and taking drugs. But he, he still has these reoccurring episodes where he loses consciousness. And... One time, he's walking by the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to pick up reading from there for you, okay? And then there's a message from Archangel Michael. And it's a, a really neat thing, but be prepared. It's kind of not so good for the United States, but we can change. That's the good news is that it's not too late to change. For us, you know, stop all these active shootings, stop all these police killings, all this hatred, you know. This message from Archangel Michael, and it's real. That's the truth, you know. It happened to him. There was no reason for him to make this up. So here it goes. Give me a few seconds here.
Okay. He said, I stood again in front of the slab at Granite, bearing my friend's name. I thought back to the night of July the 2nd when I left my body in the ambulance and imploded free to be greeted by Dan. That evening had been the start of a long and difficult path of spiritual discovery that was still only just beginning. It was no coincidence that I had been drawn back to the wall on this particular night. As I reached out to touch my friend's name on the wall, a shock of energy went through my body. I felt my body falling to the ground. I was now free of that body and floating above it. I was enveloped in an intense light. I was in the presence of a great spiritual being, a booming voice. filled the air. It was the most powerful voice I had ever heard. It was the voice of Archangel Michael. I recognized that he was conveying a message of importance. Your forefathers created one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. These were men of high ideals, spiritually guided and inspired to create a nation and a civilization to be admired and respected, to set an example for the rest of the world in exercising their free will under God's guidance and direction. They created a constitution and a bill of rights for every man, woman, and child to live in freedom in the pursuit of happiness. Yet these high-minded and spiritual men were soon replaced by others who, in the exercise of their free will, chose to put their egos before God and to joust with God's plan. You became a nation of spoilers, men against man, brother against brother, government against citizens. And the chosen nation became a warrior with and against other nations. You have become a nation of criminals and murderers. You murder in wars. You murder the innocent. You murder your children. Your leaders create laws to justify the murders, to attempt to make wrongs right, to rewrite morals and ethics to support your own earthbound greeds and desires. You have become a nation further and further from the spirit and the influence of God. You have created science and philosophies to support activities that only recognize earthbound reality, that not only refuse to recognize the spiritual nature of man himself, but refuse to recognize even the existence of God. You have taken God and his work works of prayer and meditation out of your government, out of your institutions, out of your schools. You've done everything you can to deny his existence, and you find yourselves in a world filled with wars, hatred, starvation, and death, and you do not understand why the rest of the world does not follow your shining example. You are a nation at war with itself, filled with hatred, prejudice, crime, drugs, and murder. Yet when the few of you who do look to God ask him why all these things are allowed to happen, you do not hear his answer. 
You are members of the human race, universally created by God and given free will individually by divine right, and you would not wish it to have it any other way. Yet every little act of free will that man has exercised from the beginning of time that was not in accordance with God's plan multiplied in its impact and its negativity on the future of man. Every simple act of aggression multiplied into acts of world war. Every simple act of greed multiplied into worldwide human suffering and starvation. Every act of destruction of God's environment on earth multiplied into destructive forces of nature, earthquakes, floods, pestilence, nuclear destruction, and nuclear waste. Every act of violence escalated into acts of murder and the extermination of ethnic people for their appearance or beliefs. Yet, God created a nation of high ideals for you to survive other empires and civilizations that crumbled into oblivion, for their leaders placed themselves as men above God, and now those empires and civilizations are but piles of dust or buried under the waters. You sit on the edge of a new millennium, poised for the future of mankind, and you are headed, like all great civilizations of the past, to be reduced to piles of dust, to be covered over by the waters. Yet God comes to you again to appeal to you as a people, to appeal to you as a nation, to appeal to your leaders. His army of angels is visiting upon you with the life force of energy, a spiritual energy radiating from the Creator to all mankind. Many of you feel the vibrancy of His energy and His divine presence. He is communicating with you spiritually, telling you to raise yourselves to the level of spiritual transformation that is necessary for those of you who hear Him to spread his message and his energy to recognize that he is coming. Guided by prayer, meditation, all men, women, and children may answer his call, but it must be soon. Time is running out. The angels are coming. Do you hear them? Are you listening? Are you listening? And so that's the end of the message. Let me continue reading. As the Archangel Michael's message ended in a haunting echo, I began to float gently back down into my body. Several people were standing over it as it lay sprawled on the sidewalk at the base of the wall. Further away, I could see a team of EMTs with a gurney rushing toward my body. As my spiritual self re-entered my body, I began to gasp for air. I felt an energy force of spirit move up through and out of my body. Then I realized that the gnawing feeling in my gut had also left my body. The feeling that had consumed me for so many years had disappeared. My compulsion to drink was gone. I found myself reunited with my body in a state of peace and serenity. As the EMTs began to work on me, I felt a gentle breeze and heard the rustling of autumn leaves on the knoll. My last thoughts were of the message of the Archangel Michael as his final words echoed through my ebbing state of consciousness. 
Are you listening? Falling asleep, I responded, I am. I am. I am. So, my friends, I want the United States to survive. I want it to excel. There's a, a lot. There, the majority of people in the United States and around the world are good, decent people, kind and generous. There's just a few bad apples, but isn't there always? Aren't there always? I want the United States to continue to be blessed like they have been blessed, like we have been blessed. I don't want my pay to suffer, and I don't think yours, you don't want yours to be reduced either. But we need to make some changes. And next year, we're going to be electing a new president. We want someone who is going to work for the people, we the people, who will be concerned for the welfare of the people, who won't be motivated by power and money. And the same with the other politicians, too. The competition right now and has been uh, over the last quite a long time. I can't count how many years. We've been more concerned with the competition that goes on, and indeed it is a game, you know, not doing the right thing. They're not doing the right thing for the people, we the people, for the welfare of the people, like the Constitution said, like Archangel Michael said. The Constitution wanted us to be a people, one nation under God, and they've taken that away, like he said, Archangel Michael said, out of the schools, out of the government. And it's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. It's on the dollar bill. And God, we trust. But it needs to continue that way. And it needs to be built back up. The people that are leading us down this road to self-destruction are the ones who don't believe in God. They will find out eventually how long they were. And they'll have to pay the penalty. Believe me. I'll tell you the truth. They will know one day in the future a judgment day is coming for everybody to include them. And unless they get their act straight, they won't be graduating to a superior existence and they'll probably have to reincarnate back on a planet somewhere around the universe like this one that is still embroiled in wars and fighting and killing and where there's not a lot of love, you know. I mentioned today in the Toastmasters meeting, there's a song from back in the 80s when President Reagan was president. And it's a song by Genesis called Land of Confusion. And some of the words go, there's too many people causing too many problems and not enough love to go around. So we need love, more love, my friends. Love is the key. Know that there is a loving creator out there, you know, in the universe. I already knew that, but today when I saw that and heard that near-death experience, I was kind of blown away because 
not many people talk about the creator of the universe, you know. I pray to the creator of the universe all the time, and you should too. Even though we have a mother and father God who are co-creator gods, and that's what we're aspiring to be also, there's a nice patch of space out there for you to create your own solar system sometime way into the future, which you can do if you want to, once you aspire to co-creator God status, through that purification process of reincarnation from one life to another, Throughout the universe, there's so many planets. Oh, my friends, you have no idea how many planets are out there, especially the habitable ones. But then again, planets are created with atmospheres that are indigenous to the species that live on them. So you might have, I heard of this one particular type of being that has kind of like a horn in its forehead with an eye on the end of the horn. But it was created that way because the planet that it lives on is very specific or indigenous, if you will, if you know what I mean, to that particular kind of species. So they complement each other. If you live on that planet, you have to be that way. You know, the skin, there's different types of skin, different types of hair, different color of skin, different colored teeth, you know, some have teeth, maybe others don't, you know, and some are tall, some are short. Hold on just a minute, please. There's uh, some bugs flying around my leg here. Oh, I think I might have killed a mosquito or some kind of bug. Oh, sorry, God. Dang. Didn't mean to do that, but it was flying around my leg and bothering me. Anyway, so it's kind of um, a strong smell to that stuff. Anyway, I'll work through it. So the creator of the universe commanded four forces in creating the universe from the Big Bang. The first force was the force that created the suns, planets, and the moons. If you notice, when you look at the sun, it's just like a planet. It's a planet on fire, and the moon is really just a small planet. You know, so they're very similar. The shape the same. Isn't it amazing how our moon and our sun are about the same size in the sky, even though the sun is 93 million miles away and the moon is 250,000 miles away? Did you know that our moon is 500,000 years old? Yeah, it's the truth. 500,000 years old. Did you know before the moon, there were two other moons that used to revolve around Earth? And in approximately quite a few million years, in its orbit around Earth, eventually the moon will collide with Earth. Of course, if we haven't been sufficiently developed at that time and made steps into outer space to repopulate other worlds, like maybe Mars, or have bases on the moon, then we'll be wiped out and the human species will become extinct. And the second force was the force that created 
all the plant and animal life on the worlds that are out there. Yes. Because of all this life on here on Earth, I love saying this, I'm going to say it again. The over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish in the oceans, rivers, seas, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds, 10,000 types of reptiles, 9,000 types of amphibians, 5,000 types of mammals. All that life happened by accident here on Earth, and it could happen by accident on any planet throughout the universe. Make sense? Logical? Yeah. But that is the second force, the force that created all the plant and animal life on other planets. I'm talking trees and flowers, fruits and vegetables, too, on other planets, you know. Also, the third force was the force that created the sentient life, all the different life forms that are out there. I was talking about that earlier. Human beings. Did you know that there's a human type of human being that looks just like us that's about three feet tall? And they're very, some are very advanced, you know, and they have flying saucers that can approach speeds of light, you know, go interdimensional into the parallel universe and travel by the speed of thought. And then there are human beings that are nine feet tall, like the ones that are in charge, that have guardianship over our planet, their planet, Thio-Uba, and the Milky Way galaxy is one of the three, is one of three of the most spiritually and technologically advanced in the galaxy. And there are some beings that are ethereal, that are kind of like made of light, and then there are the grays with the dark eyes, and then different variations, skin color and size, some smaller, maybe three feet or five feet tall. The verdant, the ones who or wanting to make contact with us. And, and we were right on the path of doing that around 2010 before 9-11 happened, and we were already borderline to be admitted into the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets because of our history of warfare on Earth and our ferociousness, you know, and the killing that has been going on throughout the centuries. Anybody disagree with that? But uh, we've made a lot of progress, I think. You know, there's good people, a lot of good people in this world. We are evolving. It's a slow process, very slow. But suffice it to say, my friends, if we ever get inducted into the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, there's going to be at least 26,000 other species there. Just like in Star Wars, I don't like Star Wars. You know why I don't like Star Wars? Because... Space is supposed to be a peaceful domain. We don't want to take our war that we have here on Earth, created by all those lunatics, and expand it into outer space. They, extraterrestrials won't allow us to do that anyway, but we shouldn't want to do that, right? We want space to be a peaceful place. Anybody want to die? Want to go to the front line? Pick up a weapon. Be my guest. Go ahead. Be the first to die. If you want war and killing, go right ahead. Pick up a weapon. Go to the front line in the Ukraine or other places around the world. Or go back in time, you know, it's like World War II, World War One, other wars that we've had throughout the world, you know, in other places. You want to die? Go ahead. But isn't that more logical and intelligent to want to maybe learn about the nature of 
human beings, our spiritual nature, that we have a soul and a spirit, rather than fighting and killing each other, you know. My father was a World War II veteran in the British Army. And he had a man die in his arms. He killed a German, at least one. And he had PTSD in a big way. He used to drink himself into unconsciousness, you know. He would be put into bed. He would pee his bed over and over again because he had lost control of his bodily functions, you know. He would wake up swinging. I don't know if it's that person he killed. Haunted by the ghosts of war. The ghosts of war. I like that. Doesn't that sound cool? The ghosts of war. I wonder if anyone else thought of those combination of words. They will haunt you. Guaranteed, my friends. i tell you the truth. You kill somebody, they're going to be haunting you until the day you die. That's the truth. And that's part of the karma, you know. And then, when you get to heaven, if you haven't repented or... Well, I guess uh, that's it, period. If you haven't repented, you're going to have to come back to a same level of evolution on maybe this planet or another one around the universe. And there are a lot like this. I've often thought, with my present level of evolution, knowing who Jesus was and what his mission was when he came here, that I wouldn't mind doing the same thing myself. I'm sure there is a planet somewhere around the universe that is in that same level of evolution that existed about 2,000 years ago on planet Earth, you know? That would be kind of hard because you would have to die on a cross, you know. He endured a lot of beating before that. And to be crucified, I mean, you better believe it was painful. But it'd be worth it to be resurrected afterwards, you know, taken aboard a spaceship, have your body repaired, get the heart beating again, and get the bodily functions all going again, and then slip your astral body or your spirit back into that created body just like an avatar, right? Because there are some civilizations out there that can create bodies. You better believe it. Just like an avatar. A human body or a blue body, any kind of body. With the knowledge, that's all it takes, my friends, knowledge on how to do it. It's almost like a very excellent form of technology, if you will. Which is the benefit of having existed for millions of years longer than us, you know, before... We were even created, you know, before our solar system was created, before our galaxy, even our galaxy was created. There were beings already traveling around the universe, exploring it. How old is the Milky Way galaxy, you know? It'd be a billion years old. How old is the universe? And 15 billion years old. So I submit to you what I said before. If all this life happened by accident here on Earth, it could happen by accident anywhere around the universe. And, you know, 
there are other planets out there, right? You know there are. They're discovering them every day with the Kepler and James Webb space telescopes. It's a proven scientific fact that there are other planets out there. But what we haven't proven officially is that when you look up in the evening sky at those stars up there, which are really suns, they all have planets revolving around them. So every star in the evening sky is actually a separate solar system. If we knew that, if we had internalized, we could internalize that. That's a revelation that's kind of like on the same lines of what Christopher Columbus did when he proved that the world wasn't flat. And when Copernicus proved that we were not at the center of the universe and everything revolved around us, you know, that there is, that's the thing, there is. Other, there are other solar systems out there revolving, or better put, each star or sun in the evening sky is a separate solar system with planets, usually nine planets, sometimes less, sometimes more, but ultimately reverts back to the number nine. So, there was a man on... BBS Radio, actually, he reached out to me to be a guest on my show. I don't know if he's listening out there right now, but when I invited him to be a guest on my show, he said, I'm sorry, but it sounds like you're a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, and so thanks, but no thanks. And I don't hold a grudge against him, but he was wrong in thinking that I am a religious person, even though I believe in some parts of religion, you know, um, Christianity, Buddhism, Muslim, Hindus. I can see the good in all of them. But for me, they've always been stepping stones. Ultimately, you have to walk alone in this world, you know. You're going to die alone. And most of what we believe has been passed on to us by other people, relatives, ancestors, it's a traditional thing, you know. But we have to think outside the box and break those chains of wrongdoing, you know, or thinking in the wrong way, always seeking the truth. We need to seek the truth always. The truth will set us free. Knock and the door shall be open to you, you know. That's the way it's been for me over the years. I've sought answers to my questions, and I've found just about all the answers. I'm very satisfied with my soul, where it's at right now. And if I was to die today or tomorrow, I am confident that I would go to a place of higher, or let me rephrase that. I'm confident that I would go to heaven. I'm confident that I would get into the holy city. And I'm confident that I would get into the throne room of God, the mother and father God. Now, the throne room of mother and father God is an awesome place. I've read about it. I know about it. I've thought about it. And I tell you, that's the epitome of where you want to go. But not everybody can go there, even if you make it to the the borderlands of heaven itself, outside the city, you are not 
sufficiently developed to withstand, and if you're not sufficiently developed to withstand the glory and the brilliance of the light that shines from the Mother and Father God and other spirits that are there, too, you're going to find when you get to heaven, I'm going to find, too, when I get to heaven, that we all shine with a different intensity of light based on how much spirituality you achieved in this lifetime. And I've mentioned it before in previous shows, our souls are like lamps. And what we learn here on Earth, and it's all about learning, my friends, all about learning. Everything else, making money, sex, raising children, what else is there? Freedoms and pleasures, you know about going on cruises, going on vacations, having lots and lots of money is secondary to developing ourselves spiritually because when you get to the spirit land, heaven, you're going to shine with a particular light. That lamp of your soul will shine. It will illuminate your whole spirit. Your spirit body is translucent. You can see through it. It has all the colors of the rainbow. It's shaped just like your normal physical body. It even has spatial characteristics. Now, we can't use our vocal cords to communicate, but telepathy is the main form of communication. But it's more than just speaking with our minds. You can also emote, usually your emotions, and that can be communicated. It just happens instantaneously. So if I was to say, hey, you know, I like you, you know, think that, you would emote that as well, and you could feel that transfer of love be transmitted to that other person, you know, so that kind of communication is it's more complex than just telepathic, you know, reading thoughts, reading minds. It's a cool thing. So in the throne room of God, you've got the mother and father God and all the redeemed spirits there. You probably see all the great people that existed here on earth at one time, the patriarchs of the Bible. Yes, you know, they were ones that had contact with God, let's say, or who were very spiritual men, contact with extraterrestrials who looked like God to them back then. Also, I mentioned that we are under the guardianship of certain extraterrestrials throughout our history. Point of um, case in point there, Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken, you know, that is a very interesting book. And so some of these people from the Bible experience divine intervention themselves, you know. And over the thousands of years that we, that have passed by up until now, they have been developing themselves in heaven, which is what we do. The learning doesn't stop when we get there. And so they are very revered and respected spiritual beings there. You know, there's a hierarchy. You have to expect that, you know, and to, to worship. I mean, we all should worship Mother and Father God and the creator of the universe. 
the praise master there, the ultimate praise master is, guess who? King David, who is a king. He has a crown, just like Jesus. So some things are true, other things are not. But one thing about the throne room of God, the light that shines from the Spirit Father and the Spirit Mother is going to wash over you with a hurricane force, so to speak, as a comparison, kind of intensity, the glory and brilliance will wash over you. And unless you are sufficiently prepared to withstand it, you won't be able to even stand up. You'll have to prostrate yourself. But they won't let you get that far. By the time you get into the city and to the throne room, you will have achieved a level of learning and also eating from the trees of life, eating the fruit and smelling the leaves. Yes, yes, it's true. That will help your soul to withstand or to grow. It's all about growth, the growth of the soul, the growth of growth of the light, where you are in the presence of the mother and father God, and then you'll be able to be a part of those activities there around the throne with angels flying all over the place, praising the mother and father God. Just an incredible experience that you really want to go through. You know, you really want to be there. It's where the action is, my friends. How am I doing on time? I think I've got about a few seconds left. So, hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you for participating. Well, not participating, but listening. And remember, we are all children of the creator of the universe, although you could say probably more appropriately that we are the grandchildren, you know, great, 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 great grandchildren who are a direct line of ancestry, relatives. We have a direct line of relatives and ancestry pointing all the way back to the creator of the universe. So we might not be so-called children, but grandchildren, let's say, that's more appropriate way to term it. And the creator of the universe, let me just say a prayer, creator of the universe, pray, please, my friend, try that. Try praying to the creator of the universe. Say these words, please. Creator of the universe, you are God. You have created everything I see in front of me, the sky, the clouds, the sun, the trees, the birds in the trees. You are awesome, and you are cool also. You are humorous. You are loving. I am enjoying this ride of life. Thank you. A thousand thank yous for my life, for helping me throughout the years. I'm still alive today, thanks to you. I could have been killed many times over the years. Thank you. I have my show on BBS Radio. I get to talk to people out there who listen to me. I'm just spreading the word as you want me to, I feel, saying things that other people have told me, people I've learned from, from their books and otherwise. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, my friends, and a great rest of your weekend. Take good care of yourselves. I love you. 
Remember to love everybody. We don't want any more hate in this world, right? Because it's not good for you. You want to graduate from this existence on earth with love in your heart, and that love will take you a long way into the future, my friends. I'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.